Hello, everybody, and welcome to Best Seat on the Couch, the podcast where we continue to delve into the inner machinations of our minds. My name is Alex. I'm Iris. I'm Marcus. And I'm Michael. And today, we are talking about the Nickelodeon animated television series, SpongeBob SquarePants. The series, created by Steven Hillenburg, premiered in July 1999 and continues to air on Nickelodeon, currently on its 13th season. The show follows the titular SpongeBob SquarePants as he goes about his life working at the Krusty Krab, going to boating school, and meeting his undersea friends. The show has received an immense amount of acclaim and popularity, and is currently the fifth longest-running American animated series. The show has spawned three movies, multiple theme parks, toys, video games, and even a musical. And, as always, there will be spoilers, although I don't think that really applies to this episode here. Uh, So with every childhood show, let's start off with our first experiences with uh, Spongebob and the TV show. And uh, I can go first. Uh, Spongebob was a pretty big part of my childhood i feel um ever since i started well watching tv i would go to nickelodeon or cartoon network sometimes disney channel but i would go on on tv and watch cartoons like tom and jerry uh ed Ed and eddie and spongebob and i always loved uh whenever any kind of Spongebob episode came on, whether it was the one where Sandy was hibernating uh, and they tried to sneak into her tree dome. Or I remember catching like the first episode of Spongebob, um, like the very first one where he starts working at the Krusty Krab for the first time. I didn't realize that was the whole genesis of the show. But yeah, I, I just remember having a great time whenever Spongebob Squarepants... Uh, ever came on and I mean even now I still feel nostalgic listening to the jokes and the quotes whenever they resurface but what about the rest of y'all what's your experiences with Spongebob yeah I'm very much in the same boat as you Alex I think um, this was a show that was always on for lack of a better term like I like you were in the kitchen and this show would be on at some point like I'm not sure if I would be aptly paying attention to it but uh it would be on at some point and um i think the f- i i can't recall if this was actually the case but the first episode that i remember remembering <laughs> which is a weird way to say it is actually the first one or the first time that spongebob meets sandy yes like sandy's like wrestling some giant clam and then spongebob like uh becomes friends and then they go into the dome and then spongebob is like i i need water to breathe and sandy's like huh um and i don't uh i know i don't need it um and maybe right there is uh you know an example of how much this show has affected uh my vernacular actually (laughs) like i don't understand how often i do this but i'm pretty sure that i quote spongebob at least once a week for like the past 20 years or so Mm -hmm. like I don't know. It's, it's, it's a thing. Um, and yeah, so for me, like I am only now really looking back with like a sort of 
inquisitive eye and trying to see like why I like this. And after rewatching a lot of the episodes, I still like it, but I think that like my enjoyment of it has certainly evolved over the years. <laughs> yeah, um that's actually a very good way to put it. Like your my enjoyment of it well the first thing I'll say is that having, you know, gone through and watched a couple of the highlights that I consider the best episodes, like, I was more watching them to see if I would get any of the, like, underhanded dirty jokes that would, you know, completely flew over my <laughs> head when I was a child. Because um, that's always fun, right? But uh, I don't have, I don't have memories of Spongebob. It feels, it's, it's hazy in the sense that, like, when I was watching, car- like, the way that I would watch cartoons was, obviously, you had Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, Disney Channel. They were all, like, one, two, three, right after the other, at least when I was watching TV. I don't know what the, like, Xfinity or some shit. Or that was before Xfinity was a thing, so Comcast. Comcast. Yeah. Um, so I would just flip through them. Like, if one if one show went on commercial break, I would immediately flip to another one and see what was on on that one. And if that one was on commercial break, I would flip to another mm-hmm. one. So, like, I was just getting, like, a constant stream of different cartoons and stuff as a, co- as a child. And I think the one thing that Spongebob... The one thing that makes Spongebob stands out is just how much of it stuck. Like, how many individual quotes and scenes and, like, ridiculous things just embedded themselves in my mind to never, you know, let go. And I still remember them. As as Michael said, like, yeah, like, just dropping some random quote from Spongebob that, like, at this point, I might not even remember came from Spongebob. It's just been so, you know, ingrained in my uh, my my speech and my vernacular and my meme knowledge, I suppose that like, it's just, I, it's just, uh, it was a pillar of my childhood, I guess. That's a nice way to put it. So I'm coming into the episode here as the odd one out, uh, because I did not watch SpongeBob practically at all as a kid. Ours was very much not a SpongeBob household, if you will. And that definitely, like, I very have, I have definitely very distinct memories of that making me sort of, like, not the outsider, but it it was a point of, like, you are different than everyone else around you because everyone watched Spongebob. Everyone watched Spongebob, especially from our particular age bracket, right? I think we were right in the exact sort of age range to really, you know, like, it started airing, we were what, like... Three. I mean, I guess I'm uh, like like three years <laughs> three. old, three-ish, yeah. four-ish uh, for some of us. And then, you know, sort of it was in its prime and its heyday sort of all through when we were like, say, like seven or eight. Um, it's, it's hard to understate, or sorry, it's hard to overstate like just how much it felt like it was everywhere. And yet, you know, me, uh, my siblings and I, we just didn't watch it. And I think... That was in large part because my parents thought it was weird. My parents, I think, were sort of a little bit put off by it. They weren't wrong, uh, to be completely honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, they're not wrong. It is a, it is a strange show. But, like, I think they, they felt it was strange to the point where I was like, uh, you know, watch something else. So we would always, you know, we'd have Cartoon Network on. We'd have the, um, like, the old old cartoons on and stuff like that instead when we were really young. Uh, but the thing about its ubiquity, and especially its ubiquity among people of our age group, is that I still, like, feel like I know a fair amount of the show. Like, certainly not, like, a whole bevy of episodes, but, like, when you talk about when Spongebob meets Sandy, like, I don't remember seeing that episode, but I know what happens, you know? Because it gets, it gets referenced all the time. It gets made into 20 quintillion memes constantly, <laughs> constantly, constantly. Um so I still feel like, you know, I've sort of, like, osmosis a bit of, a bit of uh, Spongebob lore, but 
yeah, definitely not uh, not something I had a lot of experience with. I, my one memory of watching it as a kid was at like a friend's like birthday party. It was like a sleepover, a bunch of kids, and you know they put on the 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 movie, uh, uh, like the SpongeBob the SquarePants movie. I remember mm-hmm. being like, oh yeah, this is that SpongeBob thing. This is weird. I don't know if I like this. Why can't we watch Star Wars? Like not out loud, of course. <laughs> <laughs> like in like just being like little kids, like oh. Was that was that the uh, first movie? The one with David Hasselhoff? Yeah, I yeah. think yeah. so. I, the ages the ages match up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. But before we continue, I do want to check in. We've all seen the sponge, the first SpongeBob movie, right? I mean, I, as I just said, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember most most of it, but I do remember seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember watching going going to theaters, uh, <laughs> escorted by by my mom who oh. had to sit through it, um, and all I remember of that movie is like the the growing the beard scene you grow the mustache yeah. uh, david hasselhoff and the now that we're men song where they like talk <laughs> sing about their underwear or something yeah uh but what are everybody's uh i know iris you might not have as much of a say in this uh, section of the podcast but uh, let's talk a little bit about some of our favorite characters and favorite moments of SpongeBob. And this can be things that you remember from uh, from the show itself, or maybe that have been perpetuated in the meme sphere. Um, I think I'll, I'll, I'll go first. And I think I have to say one of my favorite characters. I mean, most of the characters are great. Uh, but the ones that I think the voice actor completely knocked it out of the park and makes me laugh and smile every time this character comes on is Plankton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plankton's yeah. Yeah. voice actor. I don't know. I've, I've seen pictures of the man and he's, I mean, he doesn't look like what I would expect. He's kind of like this, uh, tall, lanky, nerdy looking guy with glasses, but he, his voice uh, when he's like recording Plankton is ridiculous. Um, just like any episode Plankton's in, like the one where he meets his his extended family and they're all hillbillies. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, any episode that Plankton is in, I feel he just uh, just elevates it. And I mean, he is the quote unquote antagonist of the show, but his main reason for being an antagonist is wanting to become the next best fast food restaurant in, <laughs> in bikini bottom and stealing the uh, secret uh secret formula and building off of that point i have to say i think my favorite moment is ravioli ravioli give me the formula <laughs> 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 uh, oh either, either that or Oh god, the whole I mean the whole rock bottom episode where SpongeBob goes oh to like the deep deep ocean. That was, a trip. That that was, a was trip. also gold. Uh the the seahorse episode. We snaw, we snaw. We snaw. Uh, god. All I, I just love early SpongeBob. It was my childhood and I mean this is the thing that occupies the space of my brain reserved for learning people's names <laughs> for the first couple of times. I can I can remember this but not not people's names. <laughs> yeah, so I guess like on the same point of you of like actually okay, 
never mind. This has nothing to do with what you just said. Um, my favorite character is Squidward. Uh, specifically, mm. like the early Squidward. Like I have, I don't know what they did to Squidward or this show, and we'll talk about you know the longevity of the show in in the later seasons. But the early Squidward, like yes, his his character of being the like the 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 like the boring one the straight the guy but who's also like really annoying and really hates everything the, that spongebob the and patrick Debbie do downer. like yeah the downer right like the party pooper like those moments are like yeah okay that's his character i like i i acknowledge that this is how Squidward is but the moments in which squidward actually like cares about someone or like is genuinely interested in like doing something cool for example the band geek episode mm. the talent show episode where he's just like everyone check out this cool things that i could do and no one likes him those ones make me really like squibber because he feels so endearing like he's so i don't know he's so like sincere in his genuine want for just to be like appreciated by people um or like the the snowball episode right when it snows and he like totally gets into throwing these snowballs <laughs> and spongebob and patrick are like Oh god, he's taking this really seriously. Let's just uh, let's just leave. Um, he like has this like genuine passion in him, and like I don't know, the first time he tries a Krabby Patty, he actually likes it, and then it goes all to his thigh. Um, <laughs> and then and so you that's, explode. That's what, yeah, uh, that's one of the reasons why I like Squidward. For me though, my favorite moment, and this is more like a personal story for me, is the Krusty Krab training video <laughs> episode, right? Because the last scene. <laughs> It's like this. It's just, it's just stupid, right? The announcer's like slowly gonna unveil what the secret formula to the Krabby Patty is. He's like reciting this really dumb fanfare, and then it just ends before he says anything. And I swear, when I watched that live, I was like, "What? What? What happened? No! They like the commercial started too soon. Come on!" But like, you know. That was totally intentional. I'm like, come on! I wanted to know the secret formula. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was like a very personal moment of me like yelling at the TV. <laughs> um, well, I was gonna say Squidward was my favorite character. Um, for for a similar reason, I guess. I think the one thing, and you had mentioned that you know this kind of this mellows out as the seasons go on and Squidward becomes a bit more one dimensional. I guess you could put it. But in the first couple seasons, Squidward is both the downer, but also like kind of kind of crazy just in the way that he like yeah. he goes like <laughs> like he does some wild ass shit like <laughs> things that like because he's i guess he's like he's supposed to be portrayed as like the mature one right like yeah. spongebob and patrick or you know these you know, bunch of dumb doofuses here and like squidward is like the adult character that is like i am so tired of your shit but like he's not an adult he, he does like some very like questionably like stupid stuff like <laughs> like eating all those crabby patties and like not realize like <laughs> i just like even like even the fucking uh the episode where he goes on and he makes up the story about the hash slinging slashes slinging trash slinging like it's just like he did that to fuck with spongebob pretty much but like like he didn't have to do that like he literally starts the episode off being like i hate you spongebob there is no way in hell that i will ever care about you monicum and then he like he gives spongebob like an out basically by doing this hash slinging slasher thing and it comes back to bite him in the ass like it's just everything about squidward is is like 
he is like what I think the 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 kind of epitome of what like the childhood like longing for adults, right? Like you know, you have this this commitment to being mature and being the better man and like just, you know, not necessarily associating yourself with hooligans, but at the same time you're kind of a fucking dumbass. You do some wild ass stuff. You want to do that stuff because it's fun. Like, I I just really like Squidward, and like, uh, there are a lot of I think the the voice acting, especially for Mr. Krabs and and Plankton, as you said, Alex, is just it's phenomenal and just how how unique and how uh, how strong their voices are in my mind. Like, there is no other voice like any of those guys, pretty much. Even Squidward, mm-hmm. to be completely honest. Um, I'm not gonna. I really cannot find a, a favorite moment. Honestly, it's just all, every single like. There are just every single like small thirty second scene in my head that I can remember qualifies as my favorite moment because it's in my head. Like I remembered it. Like it, it had enough of an impact for me to like remember it and continue reciting it. Like you had it set to M for MIDI when it needs to be set to one. Like like what the fuck does that mean? Like what, why is it in my head? But it's yeah. so funny. Like wombology, the study of wombo. Come on, Margaret. Yeah, I mean it's just it's basically as important as what I learned in college. <laughs> Uh, I'll end it there. Go ahead, Iris. Well, I mean, first of all, I want to just say, like, how weird it is to sit here and listen to y'all talk about this. Because 50% of the, like, anecdotes you bring up, I know exactly what you're talking about. I can hear the scene in my mind. I know what's happening. (laughs) I know the joke. And the other half is like, what the fuck are they talking about? (laughs) Like, there's no way that's a thing. Um, I don't really have, you know, like, I, I think Marcus put it very well, right? The show at least what I remember of it does not have any like incredible peaks. You know, there's a lot of like really hilarious vignettes, but none of which stands out incredibly much more than the others. What I will say is I think, you know, us sitting here as adults talking about this show that, you know, y'all and me to like a small extent, we're watching 20 full years ago. I think it's, it's, it's really interesting to know that, you know, now our favorite character is it's, it's Squidward, it's Plankton. And when you're a kid, you're very yeah. much supposed to be, I like SpongeBob, I like Patrick, I like Sandy. You know, they're fun. They get into hijinks. They laugh. They're funny, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think, it, I think it, you know, it's partially just like people grow up, people find different things amusing. But I think it also speaks a little bit to the writing of the show. I mean, Squidward in particular as a character right? Like when you're a kid, Squidward is there kind of to get made fun of, you know, Squidward is there to like have the practical jokes played on him. And he's there to bluster and get really, you know, like exasperated and, and, and blow up and scream about things and then be sort of humiliated, you know, a little bit. And then we laugh at him and then it all moves on. But I think there, the character is written with enough depth to it that there is a lot of relatable parts to him watching as an adult you know the dude who like kind of has a crappy job and crappy neighbors and sort of wants to you know get out of the rut in his life and you know like like thinks of itself as an artist but you know isn't seen that way you know feels like he has all this like potential inside but no one really appreciates it like and i also like a character who like really does have a heart to him um you know, one of the one of the episodes I did sort of for the background uh, prep watching for for uh, talking about it was the pizza delivery one. Oh yeah, which fantastic episode. Top tier. And 
the entire time, I just think it's so remarkable with Squidward as a character, the entire episode, he's complaining, he doesn't want to be with SpongeBob, he doesn't trust SpongeBob, he's upset, he's exasperated, he's like freaking out because they're lost in the wilderness. The entire time, he spends yelling at SpongeBob, and the entire time, it's like, man, he's having the worst time of his life because he has to go through this hard thing with this person next to him who annoys him so much. And they get to the customer's house, and the customer slams the door in their face, and SpongeBob starts crying. And Squidward's is like, oh, shit. I feel really bad for him. Like, he was so excited, and he worked so hard, and he put so much, like, effort and care into doing this thing for this person who then, like, just kind of metaphorically spat in his face. No, you don't get to do that. Like, it shows that he has a heart. It shows that he does underneath it all, like, care to an extent. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hyper-focusing on Squidward as a character here because I think Squidward is... Squidward is the show that the adults will watch for, mm-hmm. right? In yes. many ways, but I just think it, it sort of speaks to there is a, there is a complexity, there is a layered element to the writing of SpongeBob, which you know isn't you, you don't see as a young kid, but definitely in retrospect, I think is very very present. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely understand what you're you're saying, Iris, and I think this also leads into another topic I wanted to talk about, which is what has made spongebob this like enormous entity is this franchise what made spongebob stand out amongst all the other cartoons on like nickelodeon or cartoon network because like i said at the beginning spongebob is like the fifth longest running animated tv show as of now and it has this huge fan base uh this huge widespread appeal but and i wanted to get your opinions on why do you think it was able to reach that large of an audience? Because for all intents and purposes, looking at this show on on just a, on just the piece of paper, it's a show about a goofy sponge and underwater friends. It doesn't seem like the kind of show that would be this huge media franchise. So, what are your guys' thoughts about that? And what do you think lent to this show's success? I will start because I don't have an answer. Uh, I, I, it's hard for me to kind of think about. The, the first thing that went to my mind is Ed, Ed, and Eddie, which I have already spoken about. <laughs> Maybe not on this podcast, but I've spoken to you guys about about how I think it's it is a it is a dumbass show. Like it is just it's not <laughs> funny. All three characters are like literal idiots, and like that's not enjoyable to watch, at least for me. Um. And, like, the, obviously the one thing that differs, one of the big things that differs between Ed, Ed, and Eddie and Spongebob is that Spongebob has these other characters that foil off of the dumb character, which is which is Patrick mostly, and Spongebob by kind of association. Um, like, there's more, there's nuance to it. The interactions between them is where the humor comes from, not the fact that they're being stupid, which is what Ed, Ed and Eddie attempted to do. Um, I think that plays a pretty significant part in just how a show that has good character interactions inter interpersonal interactions with its characters is bound to be successful if you can relate to those you know uh those uh interactions that they have like you of course like as a kid you're all you you think you know oh there's always that one kid that does like dumb shit and there's always that one kid that's like tired of the dumb kid shit and like like you think about that in, as a kid and to to an extent as an adult as well you see that all the time like that's something that's relatable that's something that is timeless because that's kind of the human experience right 
this is a very long rant that doesn't really end in anything. I'll just, you know, warn you because I don't really know how that necessarily factors into the longevity of the show, but I just think it is it's interesting. It's it's something that I, I think as you said earlier, like doesn't you don't see that everywhere. Not all not all kids shows have it. So I think that the fact that this one does kind of speaks to why it's lost so long and why like kids today can enjoy the same not necessarily the same but a very similar spongebob to what we had enjoyed almost 20 years ago and there was one thing in particular you just said that i sort of want to like half agree and half disagree with uh i guess add what i think is my own clarification on top of you know you in comparing this to a show like ed Ed, and eddie you're saying spongebob is not just all about the characters being dumb you know being stupid for stupidity's sake and I think that is largely true. You know, you talked about like characters foiling off of each other, which I absolutely agree with. I think in my perspective, I think what might uh, gel more with how I see the show is, is not that there are some characters that are just never dumb and some that are always dumb, right? That's that, you know, SpongeBob and Patrick versus like Squidward and Mr. Krabs and Mrs. Puff and whatever, like always have this same exact kind of back and forth kind of juxtaposition. I think it's more so that, not every character is dumb all the time. Every character is really dumb sometimes, but no character is dumb all the time. And you very rarely have an episode where just everyone is being stupid for its own sake, right? You know, stupid for the sake of just the 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 very surface level kind of humor. Yeah. Uh, but I also think it's important, you know, like because we're we're getting into sort of the the depths of like character interactions and how how these sort of comedic beats foil off of each other, and that all is all. I mean, very well and good and very, very accurate to the show. But I do also think it's important not to, like, lose sight of, like, this is SpongeBob SquarePants we're talking about here, right? There's a lot of slapstick humor. There's a lot of just juvenile, uh, you know, like, there's there's poop jokes and people slapping each other on the butt. And, oh, man, you know, look, a giant, you know, building fell down on top of Squidward and he let out a funny scream as it fell, <laughs> right? There is a lot of just, like, like kids humor here. You know, uh, but I think what makes SpongeBob like what's given it such a, a broad appeal and what's given it such a longevity is that it is it's, it's layered on top of some of the more I think full some of the meteor you know bits of of comedy and storytelling right you know still plenty of you know just very very easy to, to digest and very apparent sort of humor for you know the primary audience but you know that's not all there is to it mm-hmm. yeah i totally agree with you iris the the sort of like assert absurdist humor is there in the show but it's not the main focus as it would be in Ed, Ed, and eddie uh the the focus of the show is these like people or i shouldn't say people these creatures that live uh, in yeah. this this weird and uh, wonderful town, and just like again following the interactions between these characters. And I know that uh, there are plenty of episodes where that sort of absurdist humor has fallen flat. Uh, for me, at least, uh, case in point, the episode where SpongeBob uh, was it? I think he break he breaks his butt. And on like a, a, a ski slope or something, and he stays indoors for the rest of the time. And the, that episode ends with like a man in a gorilla suit, like entering the ocean and like riding off into the sunset or something like that. It's wild. And uh, so, like, things like that usually aren't the focus of the show. 
uh, and it really is that sort of uh, character to character interaction that gives uh, rise to all these crazy episodes and moments that uh, that we remember SpongeBob for. So I had a great thought. And if I were to sum up the entire humor, at least in the first few seasons, obviously, of SpongeBob, it would be the episode in which SpongeBob ripped his pants. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Because the whole episode is that SpongeBob ripped his pants and people found it funny. And so he just kept on doing it. He's like, oh, I'm playing volleyball. Oh, no, I ripped my pants. They're like, ha, 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 ha. Or like, you know, he's like out. He's like getting ice cream. Like, oops, I ripped my pants. And then like he gets, he almost drowns. And then the lifeguard's like, no, keep him alive, please. And he's like, please, sir, can you find me a fresh pair of pants? Because I ripped my pants. Um, and then, right, everyone gets upset that he's been playing off this joke for like hours now and they're like please stop <laughs> like stop pretending that you're dead so you can make a joke about this and then he sings a song about how he ripped his pants and he overplayed it and now like a bunch of other people are like joining in with him in this song and it's it's not like it's, it's like it's it's not funny anymore the episode it's not inherently funny anymore but I love that episode because it's like a true like lesson about how SpongeBob comedy works. It's like we're not going to throw jokes in your face. Like it's going to be more in like more uh it's going to be deeper than that. Like a, a joke that I remember from the Fry Cook games, right? Is that like when eventually Patrick comes out and he's wearing the yellow underwear and SpongeBob is wearing the pink underwear <laughs> at the end? Patrick is like, you know, these were white ones. Like, it's it's like, yes, they made a pee joke, but it's such like a subtle pee joke that you might not have gotten it, right? And it's under the assumption that you already didn't think that the yellowness was because he was like doing it for SpongeBob, right? So like, for me at least, their their humor, at least not always, right? I'm sure that mo a lot of the humor is very much like. Oh, it's made a joke. Oh, big thing fell, big laugh, right? A lot of slapstick stuff. But a lot of the humor in this for me is like kind of deeper. It's like it takes longer and therefore it's like more satisfying for me. I just want to say of all the episodes to have no memory of for the purposes <laughs> of our discussion. <laughs> yeah, I think... Uh... I think the humor of SpongeBob has sort of changed over time because uh, if, if you didn't know, audience, uh, SpongeBob ran for, I think, three or four seasons under Steven Hillenburg. Um, and then after making the first SpongeBob movie, Steven Hillenburg decided to leave the show. And that's when SpongeBob entered into the uh, after times, I think. <laughs> is, uh, a lot of people colloquially call it um, when SpongeBob just kept going and going. And so this leads me into my next point because I wanted to ask, uh, first off, one, if any of you have watched the later episodes of SpongeBob. And secondly, how, how do you feel about this new versus old SpongeBob? And also when to let a franchise die and uh i think uh i think i'll 
put a little point in here first. Uh, I, I have watched some of the other SpongeBob episodes because I was a SpongeBob fan and I would watch it uh, going on to when I was like 10 or 11. And I, I couldn't really tell that there was a change at first. But now looking back on it, SpongeBob, the character, I think for me, the thing that changed the most is SpongeBob, the character, because before, during Steven Hillenburg's time, uh, SpongeBob was uh, like naive. He was bright and cheery, but he wasn't like he walked a fine line between being naive and being unbearably annoying. It was like toler- t- tolerable. But after that, I think the the creators didn't really understand what Hillenburg was doing, and so they only took the they only took the superficial elements of SpongeBob's character, that like high pitched laugh, uh, annoying Squidward, being dumb with Patrick, uh, and kind of forgot the heart of SpongeBob's character, that like joy, uh, joyfulness about the world around him. Uh, and for me, that was what really stuck out the most. But but what about the rest of you? Have you watched the the newer SpongeBob? And what did you think about it? So, I'm sure I have watched newer SpongeBob episodes. It makes sense just in, in terms of timeline. But as I had mentioned before, like a lot of what was in seasons one through three and, and to an extent four were very memorable. They stuck in my mind, and I I remember these scenes clearly. And on the on the other hand, I'm Assuming that what I must have watched in later Spongebob episodes didn't stick, because I don't remember it anymore. I don't... It's certainly not referenced, at least in memes and stuff these days. Most of the memes that I see are from those first couple of seasons where I think a lot of people, you know, similar to my age, you know, are pulling from that same kind of the source of that, you know, that internal knowledge, those memories of what was the most memorable Spongebob that you could think of. Like... I I couldn't tell you what some of the, like, memorable or, I guess, like, enjoyable Spongebob episodes were from those later seasons because I just don't remember. And, like, I don't, you know, it's, it's completely possible that I just, you know, maybe lost interest after a certain amount of time or as I got older I had more things to do because, you know, you have more things to do as you get older. Like, it's probably, it's not entirely because the show lost quality, but there is something to say about how... I think the magic of what, you know, made Spongebob so good was lost a little bit when Hillenburg left. And Hillenburg, I'm sure you all know this, but for listeners who don't, Hillenburg had intended Spongebob to end when he left. He didn't want Spongebob to continue on. Uh, And especially once he passed away, he certainly didn't want Spongebob to continue on after that. And as you can see, that didn't really happen. So I think he he saw what the possibility was. Uh, in terms of what ha- was going to happen to his show. And I think the saddest part is that it, it happened. It really, it, you know, what exactly what he had seen foreseen to happen did come true. And it's a shame that that's what happened to it. Because Spongebob still is, at its core, very enjoyable. There are a lot of, all of those, you know, interpersonal, you know, relationships. And all those moments where they bounce off of each other. Like, I'm sure they're still there. But... When it loses, when it loses, what was kind of oiling up the engine at the very beginning, like then it just becomes scenes where people, you know, kind of bounce ideas off of, it and it doesn't really feel like there's much substance to it. As I said, like I, I can't say much because I don't remember anything about it, but 
it it really i think i'm just speaking more about the fact that it wasn't really memorable at all which i think is sad yeah um i distinctly remember and this actually relates to uh iris is for me the dark times is when spongebob legitimately got weird like in a bad way <laughs> like if you're if your parents like said to me or whatever like i don't know you know like, back then it'd be like don't watch the show or like this show is weird let's watch something else i would completely agree with you if we were looking at post hillenburg spongebob and um i don't have a lot of examples but like there are some episodes when in that later period where spongebob legitimately got like gross it was like oh my god like and not like the like you know there was i think there was an episode in season three called the nasty patty but like and i watched it recently it didn't feel gross like it had like uh like an image of the of the patty and, was like, that the health and the whole inspector one yeah the whole, the whole joke is that mr krabs is gonna get like fu- gonna get gonna get thrown in jail because he like served a bad patty to the health inspector and he died or whatever <laughs> um but like it didn't feel like the nastiness of the patty was the entire focus of the thing it was all about mr krabs right in some of the later episodes, it gets, like, it gets, it legitimately can get gross. And I'm like, oh, my God. Um, there was also this one episode, I don't know if you remember this, Alex, that Squidward got addicted to those claw machines. Yes. <laughs> and that episode genuinely disturbed me. Like, he, like, he goes through this whole cycle of addiction that, like, he, like, spends all of his money trying to play this claw game. And he never wins. Oh, like, right. It it legit like it didn't feel like there was any endearing quality to Squidward. It like like Squidward like I don't know like we were just watching it, him it, be miserable. <laughs> yeah, we were just watching Squidward like get addicted to a drug and fall into depression. Yeah, that's like a, what like a, that's that's what we watched. Very bizarrely, a very I actually do know that episode. That that yeah. is one of the ones that like randomly jumps out of my memory. It's like a very weirdly like wholesale depiction. Of yes. addiction in a kids show without anything to like cut the edge exactly <laughs> like it it felt it felt very much like this isn't what i signed up for <laughs> and like you know it's not like cartoons or kids shows don't have the rights to talk about serious subjects but they just didn't do it justice whatsoever like they didn't take it seriously like something like that would be taken and they just like i I don't even know how to describe it. Yeah, it's we like, were meant it, to laugh at Squidward's pain, which yeah, but it's like good. it's yeah, it felt like we were laughing at a drug addict, and it was like, oh my god, I don't want to, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a difference between laughing at someone, you know, like falling over and you know getting knocked down. There's there's a difference between laughing at like kind of slapstick pain, yeah, versus laughing at someone just like suffering yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> right the, the like, suffering aspect is a great way to put it yeah i mean because 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 think back to um just another example with squidward uh you know the, the band geeks one where he's, he's gotta you know get everyone you know 
into into being like a marching band to perform at the football game right like broadly considered one of the like high points of the show period oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and there's a significant portion in there where squidward's like really down and out about himself you know feels like he's a failure feels like he hasn't amounted to anything feels like he doesn't have talent feels you know is like worried that he's gonna just show up to this event and get humiliated and eventually like resigns himself like yeah you know there's nothing i can say or do that's going to prevent this awful thing from happening so i might as well get it over with and in that episode, that part is not funny. That part is not funny at all. It's sad. We're rooting for Squidward. We want him to like do well and show up his, uh, was it his cousin, I think? Squilly. His uh, old yeah. classmate, I believe. Squilly. Old classmate, yeah. We wanted to show up the, you know, obnoxious, arrogant asshole from his past and like, you know, like come through with this victory and... I feel like it's not really a direct comparison between these two episodes, but like just in the general sense of it, the general ethos behind them, you know, one of them like seems so much smaller as far as like harm that comes to this character, you know, embarrassment versus like this literal addiction thing. He throws his life away. And yet the smaller thing is taken much more seriously in these early seasons than, than later on. I feel like it's sort of a, a very classic example of, what happens when the motivation for keeping a piece of media running is financial rather than artistic, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I have gone on the record before, I think even on this podcast many times, and I'll say it again here. There, I have a very intense respect for storytellers knowing when their story is done, doing and saying exactly as much as they set out to do and say and letting it be over when it's time for it to be over. You know, I think that takes a lot of just, just in a general sense as, you know, storytellers, I think that takes a lot of vision. I think it takes a lot of humility or courage or both. And I think it's really, I won't say tragic. It's just sad when, you know, having that instinct and having that foresight and, and having that, you know, awareness, that self-awareness gets overridden in the name of profit, which is absolutely what happened in the case of SpongeBob. I mean, SpongeBob is like the cash cow to end all cash cows as far as, you know, children's cartoons go. I mean, I mean, I guess you could make arguments for, for others, but like, it's way up there. And it's, it's really kind of sad, you know. Especially for for folks such as y'all who had such like a personal like childhood connection to the show, absolutely. And one more thing I'll say, and I'll I'm gonna name drop Simpsons Simpsons here because Simpsons <laughs> is another example of a show that literally does not understand when it's done. Um, but one of the very very kind of noticeable things about the Simpsons is that uh, the stakes continue to get higher as seasons go on. They are real. The, the you know the showrunners realize. That things that were eliciting reactions before no longer have an effect on the audience anymore. So they have to up the stakes. They have to make something more ridiculous. They have to make something more shocking to you as you, as it's on the screen. And lines can be crossed. And, you know, whether or not those lines should be crossed in terms of what kind of content you're showing on your, on your cartoon or whatever is, you know, up to the you know, producer and also up to the audience. But... Um, one like having not seen any of the SpongeBob episodes of, from later se- seasons that you guys have spoken about in these last couple minutes, like it sounds like 
the the showrunners are really trying to just elicit more reactions find something that you know feels more shock you know shock value feels more you know like substantial in, in just in that respect and when you get to a point where that is your end goal and not like trying to engage or you know entertain your audience then yeah you're gonna lose a lot of what made your show so good in the first place and that's exactly i think like what i'm trying to get at with you know say what your show intends to say and then be done because if you say all the things you set out to say with with a story with a setup with the premise with characters if you say all the things you mean to say if you tell the stories you mean to tell if you cover all the ground that you feasibly can and then have to keep going there's you know if you're not going to recover the same territory the only place to go is up and you know the, that's exactly what you're just describing there marcus uh i mean it's it's where the phrase jumping the shark comes from right uh i don't you know in case any of you or any of the listeners don't know the phrase jumping the shark refers to a tv show in i think the 70s that literally culminated in someone jumping over a shark in a speedboat <laughs> oh yeah like like it's a very literal phrase um and that was a show that was like, I don't know the name of the show. I don't know the the circumstances. It was some kind of like action-y type thing from way back when. But it's the, it was such a big hyped up episode in the time. And it was so ridiculous, uh, apparently, to watch that the description of, you know, what that episode did, the artificial and kind of hackneyed and tired and overstretched way they had to up the stakes like it literally became the stand-in phrase for it has gone on too long and it has nowhere else to go. And it has to just artificially keep making things interesting in ways that just do not support kind of the original spirit of the story. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, if we ever get famous enough that Nickelodeon producers listen to our podcast, <laughs> Nickelodeon necromancers, please stop reviving this dead horse. Let it Wait, rest. No, 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 don't worry. I will, I will proactively solve this. Fuck Nickelodeon! <laughs> suck it! I All hate every last goddamn one of them. And you can quote me on that. Damn. There. Uh, now they'll never touch us. That's true. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. Down. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, real, real quick, I, I do want to touch on the meme sphere and SpongeBob's place in our meme sphere meme. because I, it's. I mean, SpongeBob memes are in vogue right now. They've been in vogue for. Uh, a couple of years now i don't and, even know if you can call it in vogue it's just it's just a reality they yeah. just are pervasive <laughs> yeah they're they're everywhere and i mean i'm not as tapped into the meme sphere as um some of you are but i feel like that it's been a recent resurgence right they didn't have these spongebob memes like five years ago right i mean it's hard to talk about like memes from five years ago in the same way that you talk about memes today. I feel like <laughs> memes from you know, five years like... ago were very much more of an art form and not a way to communicate like sentiment. It's like an evolution. It's an evolution of, of ideas, but I, I suppose, I just... mm -hmm. but I just, I just wanted to mention like how pervasive they are and like they've replaced like, standard reaction memes at this point a spongebob pointing face of him screaming which i might must add that face is from the one piece manga <laughs> copy and pasted onto spongebob yeah i mean that bikini bottom twitter on reddit is just a gold mine of 
SpongeBob memes. I just feel I like think they're... the first one that I remember is the Patrick staring down one or whatever. Oh yeah, the the evil Patrick one. <laughs> evil <laughs> yeah, Patrick. I, I think I think part of it is that like okay, it's it's a mixture of you know memes be memes and they kind of like they're they're like um uh they're like they're they're like they're like they're like wildfires like they don't happen but once they happen they like burn out really fast mm-hmm. but. The amount of fuel that the SpongeBob memes had is like has been growing and growing for the past twenty years to a point where all of it is being spent. That like this show, at least you know for me and I, I think a lot of people was so impactful to them that they just need to get all this shit out there. <laughs> that like they just need to be like, oh, I know what that is. I know what that is. I know what that is. And um. You know, it's 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 part of that meme culture, but it's just that so many people were affected by it. Is that the wildfire just hasn't burned out yet? I think. Also, no coincidence that you know, people our age who mostly make memes, I suppose, <laughs> or you know, they you know, once you get to that age where you feel like you you got command of the internet and you want to <laughs> share your meme knowledge, you know, then you just start making memes. And obviously, you know, I don't make memes, but. I suppose in a separate, in a different life, I definitely could be one of those people that just makes funny <laughs> bomb memes and you know sends them out into the Reddit sphere or whatever. So I see where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a nostalgia factor in there. I, I just I just see them everywhere and I appreciate every single one. You guys are doing beautiful, beautiful work. <laughs> All right, and uh, to end off the show, it is time for the trivia. Trivia corner. It's free oh, use. You can't sue was, us, Nickelodeon. That was pretty is that free use? I don't that know. Was pretty good. <laughs> I I think there's no like copyright detection algorithm well, that would ever like match what you just did to the source. <laughs> we'll have to license that under a cover, so I think we'll be fine. Yeah. All right. So yeah, the Creative Commons. You know. <laughs> hey, hey, Nickelodeon. Hey, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> you listen to this right now. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Nickelodeon. If you are trying to sponsor this show and I'm still involved in it in any way, shape, or form, don't you fucking dare. (laughs) Get your heads out of your goddamn asses. All right. So for this trivia corner, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a different one. We are doing away with multiple choice questions, and we're going to play this like a uh, you-don't-know-jack this-or-that section. Oh. So... Uh, each of these questions is worth one point, uh, and you get one point if you get it right. You don't get any points if you get it wrong. So I will be giving the three of you uh, a name, okay? And this name is either going to be the common name of a sponge <laughs> or a weird ice cream flavor I found online. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait a second wait a second so is this a trivia corner like about marine biology sponges not about the tv show marine SpongeBob? biology sponges <laughs> oh important clarification folks scotch bright gonna... sponge yeah i'm not gonna give you like a glide sponge ice cream flavor or whatever 3m um. so uh you guys can feel free to uh think out loud if you want uh and you can feel oh, is this free... we're, we're playing as a group uh no you're playing individually so you can keep your thoughts in your head or you can like try and work your way through it obviously this is an audio medium so if 
you feel like saying your thoughts out loud would be beneficial for that, go ahead. Uh, but let us begin. So, first question, uh, first example is black walnut. So, is this the black walnut sponge, or is this the black walnut ice cream flavor? I, I think I know exactly what you're doing with this, Alex, so I have my answer. I have my answer. I guess I have my answer. All right, let's go by introduction order. So, Iris. Oh, I mean, I think it's a sponge. All right, Marcus. Ice cream flavor, final answer. Michael. It's a sponge because you would put black, like black walnut is so obviously something that sounds like an ice cream. It has to be a sponge. But what if I thought about that? It is an ice cream flavor. Yeah, let's go. I'm so motherfucking smart. (laughs) All right, one point for Marcus. God damn it. All right, Victor. Lavender rope. Rope? Lavender (laughs) rope. I try. I try to think of like you know. I'm looking at it. I'm at like a gelato place, and I'm like, hmm, yes, lavender rope. Huh. <laughs> rope does not sound appetizing at all. Like as a as an object. Like I don't want to eat a rope. Yeah. All right. All right, Iris, uh, go. I mean, yeah, I, I I am gonna say this one's an ice cream. <laughs> I'm gonna say this one's a sea sponge. I'm gonna stick with sponge as well. It is a sponge. So, Marcus, two points. Michael, one. Iris, zero. Next up. Honey avocado. (laughs) You motherfucker. Okay. There's actually a poke place by me that has honey avocado dressing. It's actually very tasty. Yo. We'll talk about this later. (laughs) All right. Um, I I think that's an ice cream. Yeah, I think that's an ice cream. It's a sponge. It has to be. It's an ice cream. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus, right. three for three. three one five D chess with yourself. It's not that. It's really not that. I'm like, like yeah. Tricky. I'm like out. Uh, God. <laughs> All right. Oh boy. One, I like one, this three, next one. one. One three one. Marcus is in the middle. All right. Oh, yeah. right. Uh, chicken liver. Excuse me. Chicken <laughs> liver. <laughs> liver. Chicken liver. It's a sponge. This one's actually difficult because I could see it going both ways. Some like, like, some like bougie ass ice cream shop could have a chicken liver ice cream. <laughs> no, this is like cat I... ice cream. Cats eat chicken liver ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I've had chicken liver before. It's kind of gross, but it's not that. Have gross. you had chicken liver ice cream? No. Why would I? Why would I order that? <laughs> exactly. It's a sponge. <laughs> yeah, it's a sponge. Thank you. I'm a. I'm a go with ice cream. It is a sponge. <laughs> a chicken liver sponge. So two I for bet one. that someone has put chicken liver in an ice cream sponge. I'm oh, sure I mean, have. someone, yeah. sure. I, like, someone probably people. people. <laughs> yeah. All right. Convoluted orange. <laughs> <laughs> That's just an amazing name. Convoluted uh, orange. Honestly, same. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that one's totally an ice cream. Yeah, it's, it's an ice cream. Fuck. I'm gonna go with sponge. Just for contrarian sake. It is a sponge. 
Let's go! Two, That's four, two. one convoluted orange. Alright. Stovepipe. Stovepipe? Stove. Stovepipe. I mean, it's clearly Jesus. a right. stovepipe. <laughs> uh, and by that, I mean it is a sponge. Yeah, I see no feasible way that becomes an ice cream flavor, so sponge. And that is exactly why it is an ice cream. Michael, you can't keep doing this to yourself. It's a sponge. <laughs> you can't keep uh, doing this to yourself. Listen. All right, 353. Three. Oh, no. 352. Sorry. Michael's just ensuring that at least one person gets points every round. Exactly. <laughs> All right, we got three more. Oh, okay. All right. Dark Volcano. Ooh. That's a sponge. That's a sponge. Yeah, I mean, there are undersea volcanoes, so it does make sense in that regard. But, like, what if you put, like, liquidy chocolate fudge in oh, chocolate yeah. ice cream? What if I mean, look, would... I want to be clear. I have never been more confident than 55% on any of these. <laughs> <laughs> None of them is more than 5% past the break-even point of just complete guess. Dark Volcano, right? That's the name? Dark Volcano. Oh, this one's actually making me think. No, because uh... I... I mean, I've already given my answer. I think this is one of those ones that, like, totally would be a sponge, and then Alex would pick to try and trick us. I see, I see that kind of trickery in this in this example. I'm gonna go with ice cream flavor. I will go with sponge. Uh, Iris, what was yours again? A uh, sponge. It is a sponge. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, all, right. All, right. all right, four, five, four, five three. three. Yep, catching up, Marcus. You can right. steal this one from under me. <laughs> no, you just have to guess the same thing I do every single time. <laughs> <laughs> right? right? Like, that's the pitfall. But I'm trying first. to win. I'm not trying to cheat the system. To... <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So you got it. All right. Coconut curry. Bruh. <laughs> Come on. That's an ice cream. <laughs> yeah, that's an ice cream. That's an ice cream. It is an ice cream. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. We all, all right. agreed once. Yeah. That, that all right. Had to and we all got points for it. Four, five. Uh, sorry. Five, six, four. Four. Yep. Yeah. All right. right. I want to see a tie right now. Last one. Lobster. <laughs> this is so like I feel like you always have to have one very cruel answer every time you do one of these, and this is it. This is this is the this one. This is it. I got mine. I'm gonna go against my instinct and say it's a sponge. One hundred percent ice cream. You know it's out there. Oh, and I'm going to go with sponge as well. It is an ice cream. Yeah! Oh, <laughs> it is an ice yes! cream from, obviously, Maine. Yes. Of course, yeah. <laughs> of course. It's like garlic ice cream from the Gilroy Garlic. Is it, is it actually Maine lobster? Or? It's Maine lobster with butter-infused ice cream. Oh. Shout out to my one friend from Maine who would not found that weird in the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Marcus, congratulations. You're the winner of this trivia quarter. This very special Let's trivia go. quarter. I'd like to thank the Academy. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, thank you so much for joining us. That'll do it for us this week. Uh, this week's video that you can watch online is, of course, the SpongeBob anime by Narmak. Yes, uh, I have. Seen it's like, it, yes. I think it's like 10 or 15 minutes long. It's ridiculous. It's like an actual SpongeBob episode. But uh, go check that out. Uh, but once again, thank you so much for listening, everybody. And you will hear from us next week. Bye-bye.
Thank Goodbye. you. Thanks, everyone.